This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool, and he's the lead advisor on Motley Fool's Rule Your Retirement newsletter. Hello, Allison. Hi, bro. Stocks and bonds. They go together like ham and cheese, like peas and carrots, like... Kibbles and bits? I don't know. How about that? (laughs) That works. (laughs) We talk a lot about stocks here at The Motley Fool, but not so much about bonds. And today, we're going to remedy that with the help of the original man behind the glass, Steve Broido. Right now, dozens of super fans of Motley Fool are squealing. (laughs) Hi, Mom. (laughs) So today is all about bonds, because Broido loves bonds, and we promise to have a good time. All that and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. For today's Answers Answers, we're going to be talking about an email from a guy named Todd. And Todd has an issue with us here at The Motley Fool. And I'll just get into the letter. It was a long email. No problem, Todd. Not not complaining. It's cool to send long emails, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. Todd writes, from time to time on the shows, and that means all the Motley Fool podcasts, the topic of bonds will come up. I cringe whenever this happens. It seems that the usual insightful analysis and careful thought that is evident in your stock advice, thank you, is completely abandoned when talking about bonds. I've only heard bonds discussed on The Motley Fool with various levels of dismissal and derision. As I'm sure you know, bonds should have a place in most portfolios, including individual retirement portfolios. He calls out to us to help educate people about how bonds should be analyzed and traded. I found that the average investor is entirely ignorant of how the bond market works, and The Motley Fool has a unique position to help change this. Help people understand the risks and rewards of bond investing. Todd, we hear you! And that's what today's episode is going to focus on. But first, uh, let me talk a little bit more about who's come by the studio to help us answer this. Hey, buddies. (laughs) How are you guys doing? This is Steve Broido. You guys know him as the man behind the glass. He is the, what would you say it is you do here, Broido, exactly? (laughs) I'm the director of video operations here at The Motley Fool. Okay, and as that role, you have been editing the and taping the Motley Fool Money Radio Show for yeah a couple of years. And you did, yep. and you did the NPR. Yep, Motley we did that Fool for NPR a while show as well. for a while. Yep, and you have um, is a cult follow is it is cult following too strong of a word? I would say it's far too strong. I think there might be one person who might be related That's to false. me. That's false. That's one false. person. No, there are tons of people who are huge fans of Steve Broido. Um, That's awfully nice of you to say. It's true. I'm not lying, right? It's true. Yep, people love his voice. In fact, Steve was almost the voice of the Washington Metro. Did That's you know right. That? Almost yeah. finalist. You yeah. were one of like three finalists, ten. right? One of ten. Okay, but I lost. That's the main takeaway: is I did lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me if you're on the Metro. So, oh, what would it be like if it was you? If it were me, it would say, uh, "Doors closing. Please stand clear of the doors." I love it. I love it. That's what, I, I, that don't, what it I don't like. even want to get close to those doors now. Yeah. That's, I feel I feel like I've been guided, yet in a way that wasn't forceful, but I'm still going to listen, Metro. and I'm going to stand clear know? of the doors. Yeah. They yeah. went with a lady voice, I think. They did indeed. Yeah. Abroida, we are going to hear more from you about your particular journey with bonds in the future. Um, but for right now, we're going to ask bro to help us kind of explain the basics of bonds. In fact, you've got five things that everyone needs to understand about bonds. Right. So, one of Todd's points was that most people should have bonds, or especially in a retirement portfolio. And I would say, first of all, I agree. 
um, and in my rural retirement service, that's one of the actually places in the Motley Fool we actually do discuss bonds. So I'll just say he's right about that, and it is important to know very quickly. Make sure that that we're all on the same page about bonds. First of all, a bond is a loan. Basically, if you buy a one thousand dollar bond, you are lending one thousand dollars to whoever issued it. Could be a government, could be a company. And there are certain terms with it. It might be a five-year bond. It pays you 3%. You're going to get 3% of that 1000 each and every year. And after five years, assuming the issuer is still in business, you get your $1,000 back. Number two, the bond market is actually huge. It's bigger than the stock market. According to an article in the Wall Street Journal from last October, the US stock market is worth $26.3 trillion. The U.S. bond market is worth $39 trillion. Oh, wow. So, not, not a small chunk of change difference. No. Yeah. And, and globally, it's even a bigger deal. So, the bond market is huge. Number three, there are all kinds of bonds. And this is a point Todd made in his email, so I'm just going to quote what he said. He said, stop talking about bonds as if they are all the same. As you know, there are treasuries, municipal, investment grade, high yield, asset backed. All these bonds are different and should not be lumped together. And he's absolutely right. You can go with the super safe bonds, which are U.S. Treasuries. For the most part, I think we all believe that the U.S. government will stay in business. You're going to get your money back. You're also not going to earn a huge return. On the other end of the spectrum are so-called junk bonds. These are companies that are in trouble. Because they are in trouble, they have to offer a high yield on their bonds. You can get from there 8 9 12%, 14%. Are you guaranteed to get the money back? Maybe not, but that's the risk you take. Number four. They historically do have lower returns than stocks, and this is partially why you don't hear as much about them. Over the long term, bonds in general have returned about half of what stocks have. That said, they don't go down as frequently or as much. So while the stock market goes down roughly once every four years, the bond market maybe once every seven to 10, and a decline of 5% is a bad year for bonds, the overall bond market. So that's why people choose them. They're not as risky. And you can get some interest along the way. And the final point is you can buy bonds individually, as Steve does and he will discuss, or through mutual funds, which is the easiest way to do it. But those also have some drawbacks, as I know Steve believes and as Todd pointed out in his email, in which we might discuss here. But the easiest way for most people is a low cost bond fund. But there are some pros and cons to that. I feel like the conventional wisdom is that. Man, is this some weird rule of thumb that is probably really wrong? Or I'm totally bonds butchering? equal your age. Yes, exactly. You're you're supposed to have as whatever percent of your portfolio in bonds is your age. So if I'm 70 years old, I should have 70 percent of my portfolio in bonds. Right, and that's been adjusted somewhat. Where people now say you take start with 110 minus your age, and that's how much should be in stocks. So that makes it a little bit more aggressive. So that old saying of your age in bonds has. Uh, people feel is a little too conservative, but still, it's it's an interesting starting point. There are people like even uh, John Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, who will often say that's a good starting point. So when we decided to do a show about bonds, we knew there was one man and one man only that we could go to, and that man is Steve Broido. Well, thank you very much for thinking of. Me. Of course. Well, I'm excited to hear that this is actually the first time you have been on this side of the glass and sat in the chair and talked on the mic. I know you're not an expert, but we're so happy to have you. Well, thank you so much. And I'm definitely not an expert, but I am an investor who does do this on his own. 
Uh, so hopefully that's worth something. Now, how'd you get? So you, your particular way of investing, not to be like pigeonholing you, but what you're here to talk about today is investing in individual municipal bonds. Sure, there's a ton of ways to do it. I uh, I think we learn a lot from our families and a lot from our parents. Um, I grew up in the 80s, and the 1980s were a terrific time to be investing, especially in municipal bonds and bonds in general. I think my dad tells a story about investing in treasuries. Uh, that were yielding 11% or something insane. Wow. Yeah, not a not a bad not a bad show right there. Uh, so growing up during that time, uh, bonds were a pretty cool place to be, and you could earn a fair amount of money then. And just to be clear, so everyone understands what a municipal bond it is. A, yep. It is a bond issued by a state or local government in most cases, um, and the benefit is you don't pay federal taxes. And depending on the bond and where you live, you may not pay state taxes, so it could be completely tax-free. Right. The tax upside is what a lot of investors look for. Uh, but if you look at it in terms of a 5% yield, if you look at the taxable uh, equivalent of it, depending on your tax bracket, maybe more like 6 or 7 or 8%. Right, because you're not paying any taxes. If you, if you earn 6 or 7% on a regular bond, you'd have to first pay taxes and lower that, right? Right. So, tell me a good story a good love affair that you've had with a municipal bond. Sure, and I do look at uh, bonds as, as sort of individual stories. So uh, I used to live in D.C. Uh, downtown, and I would drive by the convention center, which they were building at the time, which was in the middle of a rough neighborhood, by the kind way. Kind of a uh, yeah, I was uh, a transitional transitioning, uh, and lo and behold, much later there was a bond issued for the convention center, and uh, having seen that thing get built. Um, I was interested. I don't remember exactly what it yields. I think five and a half percent, something like that. And I bought some. And I, you know, it was mostly based on my thought that, you know, I've seen this building go up. I've lived in D.C. for, uh, you know, twenty years uh, almost, and I feel pretty good that this convention center is probably going to be here uh, twenty years from now or thirty years from now. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, I may be wrong. I may lose all my money, but uh, I think D.C. will have a convention center. I saw how big a production it was to build that convention center. It's several blocks. Yeah, it's huge, and I know the kind of demand in this area for conventions is pretty high, and that's the place to go. Right, and that highlights one of the risks of when you when you're choosing a bond. You have to ask yourself: Is the issuer going to still be around when that bond matures to give me my money back? Right, and hopefully so. Right, but the good thing is, if they are, you know exactly what you are going to get. You have a certain certainty about investing in an individual bond. You know how much interest you're going to get each and every year. Yep. And you're gonna you know gonna you know how much it's going to be worth at a certain point certain point in the future. Right, it's predictable right. income. Right, as opposed to a bond fund. Right. You don't know the income you're going to get, and it does fluctuate in value, which is why some people prefer individual bonds to bond funds. Right. And with individual bonds, as I understand it, and again, still, this is just my experience with it, um, it's a known entity. So you you go in, and, and whatever bond you own will change in value. It may rise or fall in value. Uh, and if you're not trading them, uh, it really, you can kind of ignore it and just wait until expiration. Yeah, I think that's where I get confused with bonds because bonds, in and of themselves, are—it's a pretty simple concept. It's just a promise. I'm loaning, I'm yep. loaning you a hundred bucks. You're going to pay me five bucks every year for the next twenty years, and then then you're going to give me my one hundred bucks back and look at all the five bucks I earned along the way. Exactly. But then when you start talking about like bond funds and trading bonds, then my sure. head wants to explode. Sure, and I'm uh, not interested personally in trading bonds. I think you can just get killed that way uh, because what you're betting on is interest rates. And what we can we've talked about interest rates, you know, for years. But interest rates definitely will be moving. That's the one thing I think we can all agree on. They're rising. I don't know uh, what you all got your mortgages at, but I remember getting a mortgage at 5.75 percent and thinking and hearing, you know, this is the best. You know, it's never going to go lower than this. It did. Um, so interest rates 
change and they're going to continue to change. Will they rise? Absolutely. Will they go down? Absolutely. They're going to change over time. And I think that we can all be pretty confident about that. Right. To Todd's point about why often many people, and maybe even some people at the full, will speak about bonds with a certain amount of derision and all that is because right now interest rates are so low and they are expected to go up eventually. And when interest rates go up, the prices of existing bonds do go down. If you hold that bond to maturity, it's okay. You'll, it'll, you'll get that money back. But that is certainly one of the fears people have about being a bond investor these days. Right. And one of the risks you run, too, is inflation. So if you've got a bond that's paying 2 or 3% and you hold it for 30 years and inflation is 5%, you've actually lost money there. Um, but you have gotten 2 or 3% a year for that. You know, you've gotten the privilege of getting that income for that amount of time. All right. What about bond ratings? I feel like AAA, triple B, like all that stuff. That is how uh, ratings agencies will look at a company and assess its ability to stay in business and pay you back your money. But do do munis not have? They're they're rated. They're rated too. And I mean, I, it's something that uh, I would encourage everyone to look at. It's part of the story. I don't think it's the entire story. I think people uh, tend to freak out about ratings a little bit too much and say, "I'm, I'm only willing to buy AAA rated paper," uh, which is. Great. It's just the yield's going to be a lot lower. And at the end of the day, the you know the DC Convention Center, uh, maybe the rating isn't so great. Maybe it's a triple B, you know, which is still investment grade. It's lower than triple A, but it's still investment grade. What does that mean? You know, does that mean it's going bankrupt? Does it mean it's going under? Um, maybe unclear. Nobody knows. We'll find out in thirty years. Uh, I'm betting that it's not going to go under. Uh, that's my bet that I'm making is that I think it's still going to be around. And just because things aren't AAA doesn't necessarily mean that they're garbage or that they're junk or that they're not worth investing in. But that, that does highlight an important point in that you, just like stocks, you, if you're going to be an investor in individual bonds, you do have to be diversified. Very diversified. Right. Yeah, you want to be very diversified exactly. because if you bet on like Puerto Rico, all the things that are going on there, uh, it's very uncertain. The yields in Puerto Rico are very high right now because there's a good chance Puerto Rico. Uh, this story there is not going to end well. Um, no one really knows what that means yet, but uh, it, there's a lot of, of uh, municipal debt available in Puerto Rico. It pays a lot, uh, and it pays a lot because there's a lot of uncertainty there and a lot of risk. And if you're willing to take that risk, you will be rewarded for it. Uh, but if Puerto Rico goes bankrupt, you may lose all your money. Uh, so it's it's not that different than stocks. I think people freak out a little bit about bonds. Uh, you know, well, will I get all my money back? Well, when we invest in stocks, we kind of think. Uh, uh, you kind of count on not getting your money back. I think that's part of being a stock investor is I'm willing to lose a certain amount because that's just kind of how it works. You know, I'm gonna have some winners, I'm gonna have some losers. When you look at bonds, the idea of ever losing any money on anything just freaks people out. Uh, and when you really look at it cumulatively, uh, well, maybe one of my bonds fails. You know, and even in those situations, for most people, if their issuer goes bankrupt, they do get some money back after the bankruptcy proceedings have taken place. Bondholders get money back before stockholders, which is why stockholders usually get nothing. And the default rate historically is it's under one percent for municipal bonds. Uh, so yeah, I should count on one percent of them uh, failing. I've yet to have a bond fail on me, but I will. I, I feel pretty confident I will at some point. How come whenever we're not in the studio recording and I ask you about ratings, you say ratings don't mean? <laughs> I don't know if I'd say, I think I'm channeling my dad. So I learned a lot of this from my dad. And the reason why ratings don't mean, <laughs> frankly, is because Lehman Brothers was AAA rated the day before it went bankrupt, right? So, you know, if there's a hospital in Kentucky, what is what is Standards and Poor's or what are, what are Moody's? What are they, what do these guys know? What do they really know? What if, what if you grew up there and you know 
you know, that place has been around for a long time. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. My, my folks work there. My friends work there. I, uh, I feel pretty good about that. I went to that college. Um, I feel like it's pretty confident it's going to be around in tw- 20 or 30 years. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Um, it's, it's uncertainty. And un- uncertainty is really what you will be rewarded for is, is if you're willing to take some risk. And, uh, you know, not a huge amount of risk, uh, but the more risk you take, the more your rewards will be. You do both. You both invest in stocks and in yep. bonds. Which do you feel is more, not to make it sound like I'm lazy, but which do you feel is more labor intensive? Or do you put the same amount of work into investing in stocks as you do when picking your bonds? Well, the the bond thing is, uh, it's kind of one and done. Uh, if your if your goal is to to buy and hold them, um, it's it's great because you you know you'll look at an issue and you'll say what what is this? And uh, what my dad always told me is, how do you get paid back? You know, it's a sewage, uh, it's a water treatment plant. It's a it's a sewage company. You're like, I kind of get it. They people flush their toilets. I get paid back. Everybody wins. Um, if it is <laughs> nobody dies of dysentery. Nobody dies of dysentery. <laughs> if it's an airport bond, you know, and it's backed by the Airport, well, you know, uh, O'Hare Airport. Uh, I feel you know Chicago is not doing great, but I think O'Hare Airport probably has a pretty good chance of being around for a while. Uh, so uh, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, but you know, once that investment is made, I'm done because I'm not trading that, and and because that's really where you can lose a huge amount of money is when you try to trade these things and you think I'm smarter than everybody else. I know that interest rates are are going down this week, and next week they're going to go up, and then they'll go back down. And when you're jumping in and out, it, you'll incur a lot of expense. And there's capital gains taxes there. So you actually here in the Washington D.C. area, we have this little little darling thing called the Metro, and the Metro has been steadily going downhill. Absolutely, it's it's been a mess. Like they shut it down all of a sudden, total mess. A couple weeks ago, where they're like, "By the way, we're not running on Wednesday," and people were like, "What? It's <laughs> Tuesday at seven o'clock, and you're telling me you're not? How am I going to get to work? It's a, it's it's in really rough shape." But you, it's sir, because it's because of the voice. Yeah, <laughs> you're the, right. They chose True. the wrong vice. It's her fault. And they changed that. Things might have been different, huh? It, it might. It might not just be a coincidence. Oh goodness! But you actually, you were thinking, you were, you did, or you were thinking about investing in one of the new lines here, the silver line. So, so uh, walk me through why, like, why you thought that was okay, even considering that Wamada is kind of like a hot mess right now. Wamada is a hot mess right now. And I will say this, before, when I made this investment, Wamada was not a hot mess. Do you want to explain what Wamada, uh, Wamada is? Oh. the Washington Metro... Area Transit Authority? Authority? Yep. Gotcha. So Basically it, the Metro and some buses. It's the Metro and some buses. Uh, and the Silver Line, which is uh, right outside our house, is, is where I think it starts. Uh, and it goes all the way out to Dulles Airport. And it's basically an extension of our metro system. So you can take the uh, Metro right to Dulles Airport. Um, it's really being built. I see it going up every day. I've seen it going up for the last couple Couple years and it's really going to happen. So there was a bond issued. It pays five percent, uh, and I uh, was interested, so I bought some. Uh, and so far, there there's huge risk there, right? Because Wamada is doing badly. People are upset about the metro. The metro may go bankrupt. Every the city may close down public transportation. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. Who knows? Unclear. <laughs> totally unclear. I think I think we're going to have a metro. This has been investing in bonds. I, know. It, I don't know. Maybe whatever. It, it, it I really believe I really believe this is that you may lose all of your money there, but I don't think so. Uh, I think there's going to be a metro here. I think Wamada is probably going to get it together. I think the idea of a tri, you know, you've got DC and Virginia and Maryland and all these buses and trains and this whole organization, this idea of it just 
going away doesn't seem likely to me. Well, the workforce of the federal government just de- relies on the Demands metro to it. work. The so. whole area does. Yeah. Uh, but if we were in Detroit, right, if you're investing in a, a metro system in Detroit, you might feel differently. But the population of D.C. is not is growing. It's not shrinking. But you don't lose any sleep. Like when you no. heard that the metro was going to shut down suddenly for a day and, oh, by the way, they're going to be shutting down whole lines in the future. Does it make you lose sleep? Or are you like, whatever, no, I don't, I'll worry about it in 20 years when the bond um, ripe, I'm ripens? Very, what does a bond do? Matures. Matures. It matures. It matures. Right. So I, if I you're, do that. If you're diversified. <laughs> when it procreates. It always has to go there, doesn't it, bro? Ick. Um, if, you're, <laughs> if you're diversified enough, it really doesn't make that much difference. It's just a tiny piece of your portfolio. Uh, so it's it's not something really to lose sleep over. And there will be years, you know, so far, so good. Um, you know, it hasn't defaulted. Um, I don't really think it's going to default, um, but it could. And that's something that I think people need to be comfortable with is risk, is that there is risk in all investments. There's risk in putting, you know, cash under your mattress. There's risk in playing slot machines. There's risk in buying shares of the S&P 500. There's risk in treasuries. Let me ask you this. So, okay, let's say you just get a bonus. whatever. Congrats. Thank you for all your work. Yes, thank thank you. you. You've been doing a fantastic job. So now you have to decide I'm going to put this money in the stock market or I'm going to go buy some bonds. When you're making that decision, is it which is going to provide the highest potential return? Or is it when you buy bonds, you you know that probably the stock market's going to do better, but I like that certainty that I have by buying individual bonds. It's for me, it's just a balancing act. It's knowing it's knowing that I work for a company that is a financial media company, so we're at greater risk of stock. You know, the stock market may impact us in ways that won't impact my wife, who works for the federal government. Um, so that's something. Um, I invest in our four hundred one k plan, and I invest in all stocks in that. Um, I've got a Roth uh, IRA, you know, and that's an all stock. So I'm, it's a balancing act. So it's a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's trying to kind of diversify your portfolio in such a way that a little bit's here, a little bit's there, and making sure it's so I'm comfortable. And so there's regular income coming in that I can choose to do something with, um, you know, annually. Sounds great. Sold. Yeah. I hope I haven't bored you all to death. Are you all no. bored to death? <laughs> no, that was great. I thought that was great. In particular, the tying in your job, because a lot of people don't tie their human capital into their investment capital. Yeah. But I, I feel the same way. I, I have, at times, invested more conservatively because I work for The Motley Fool, a company whose fortunes do rely on whether the stock market is doing well to a certain degree. Uh, and I think that makes perfect sense. And this is a terrible time to be a bond investor. Um, I, I mean, I just can't echo that enough. The yields are very, very low. Uh, but if you've got you know enough money and you're comfortable with, if you're comfortable with the promise that you're getting and the yield that you're receiving, uh, and you can sleep at night, good on you, man. So for someone who's sold now, they're sure. they're in it. They want to learn more about investing in municipal bonds, individual municipal bonds. What's um, what's the next step they should take? I would say maybe give your broker a call and say, I'm thinking about this. Um, talk to me about it. What do you think? And uh, take a look at them. Go, I mean, there's under your, in your brokerage account, there's a tab called bonds and take a look at what's available. See what's in my backyard. Yeah. See what's, see what's, uh, what's trading and what, what things are trading for, what the yields are in corporate bonds. I mean, it's the same deal. Um, I don't buy corporate bonds because I'd rather just buy the stocks themselves. I don't feel like the, there's enough reward there and the risk that I'm taking. I'd rather take it through the stock itself. Uh, but in terms of municipal bonds, uh, you know, with some of them, I'm very, very happy with some of the yields I'm getting. For those who want to learn more just about bonds in general, investinginbonds.com is actually a great resource because it's got a lot of good education, but a lot of recent data on the bond market. For those who want a good book, uh, there's a book called The Bond Book by Annette Thau. It was written a few years ago, so the interest rate examples and stuff will be different, but it's a great primer on bonds. And if you're looking for a good bond fund, start with Vanguard because 
They have plenty of good options and an extremely low cost. And when it comes to all investing, costs matter, but it's even more important when it comes to bonds. All right, Brett, you, um, thank you for joining us, but you are going to stick around. Awesome. For a little game. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Bring it. All right, Broido. I warned you that this was coming. It's time for a game of Would You Rather? Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to give you some bond options, and you're going to tell nice. me which one you would rather buy. All right, I'm ready. Okay. The first one is, would you rather buy the New York City Municipal Water Finance Authority New York Water and Sewer System Revenue Bond or the Fairfax County, Virginia sewer revenue refunding bonds. Uh, okay, refunding bonds makes me nervous because I don't know what that means. Uh, so that's something really important about bonds is that if you read something that you don't understand, um, step away because there's a lot of terms in in bonds. Uh, it's it's sinking funds and there's all kinds of stuff that if, if it makes you nervous, just take a walk. There's, there, you don't need to invest in that one. In this case, I probably would be more interested in the Virginia bonds because I live in the state of Virginia, and those bonds would be both federally and state tax-free for me. Uh, but the New York bonds probably, I don't know, New York's a pretty big city, and uh, they use a lot of water there. So that's probably good, too. All right. So you're, you'd be okay with either? Either one, but okay. I'd probably go the Virginia ones. All right. Scenario two. Would you rather buy a Parmesan cheese-backed bond that will pay you a yield of 5% until they mature in 2022? And I'm not sure, by the way, if they're talking about the cheese maturing or the bond. Okay, good to know. So, let's just say both. Yep. Or a bond in a Noah's Ark theme park in Kentucky that's going to pay you 6% for 12 years. These are real-life bonds, by the way. Are they? Okay. Uh, Parmesan cheese one. Um, so I would It's par- in Italy, by the way. So this is a con- this is a, a consortium of cheesemakers oh, in Italy. These are real things. Okay. These are real, real things. things. Okay. Um, neither. I would buy neither. But if I had to choose one- <laughs> You have to choose. That's the I game. I would do the Kentucky one because I know more about the United States than I- I know nothing about Italy. I know nothing about their interest rates. And I don't know very much about cheese, either. Uh, I feel like Noah's, Noah's Ark I'm assuming it's a water park. Is that is it a water park? No, I think it's just like an, a Noah's Ark re- it's a replica, and you walk around through it. <laughs> it is a biblically themed amusement park. Okay, well that's that makes there me even feel better. So it's it's got a religious backing, which is probably good people. So God right. would never let those bonds default. I would hope he would forbid it. <laughs> Scenario three. Here we go. Would you rather buy a corporate bond to build three Olive Garden locations within ten miles of your house? Or a bond to help produce the next Rod Stewart album. <laughs> okay, this is a tough one <laughs> because context, I'd like to buy. Yes. I'd like to buy both. I do love me some Rod Stewart, and I love Olive Garden. I know. Um, but if I were a betting person, I'd go with Olive Garden because Rod Stewart is aging, and I think the likelihood of him putting out a lot more records in the next thirty years is a lot less, a lot lower, right, than more Olive Gardens popping up across. The world. Okay, these two were actually fake, by the way. Oh, they were. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that because it sounds <laughs> but, delightful. So, but, so, first of all, people need to understand that Steve loves. I do the love Olive the Olive Garden. Garden. Yeah, it's not in an ironic, weird way either. It's I just have a really good time when I go there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. I, and the Rodster was inspired by the famous Bowie bonds. So back, and this really did happen back in 1997. David Bowie issued bonds backed by the royalties of 25 albums that came out before 1990. Wow. And uh, they matured 10 years later. At one point, they were given a very high rating. Then uh, when digital music and Napster and all that came out, they, the, the assets behind, backing these bonds were started to be questionable and got lower rated by the ratings agencies. 
but they eventually all the investors got their money back. And Apparently, other people the tried Bowie to- bond led him to having like a psychotic breakdown. Really? By the way, it was so stressful on David Bowie. Oh, I believe it because he realized that he had sold the royalties. Essentially, he'd lost the royalties, like he'd lost the rights to his music. I yeah. did a little bit more reading, but it, you're but... betting on David Bowie, right? And so, if you believe in the future of David Bowie, uh, and I think that's a good thing to bet on, Mr. Bowie was a was a good dude. In your case, it was Rod Stewart. Yeah, uh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Would you rather buy a bond in Robert Brokamp? Or me, Allison Southwick. Oh, goodness. This is tough, because I like you both so much. Um, and that's all the details you're going to get. <laughs> Woof. Okay. A bonded bro camp or Allison? I would say I would have to buy both. Can I do that? Nope, no. I have that's to pick not, one. The game is not okay. go ahead and pick both. Okay. The game is called... Is, which would you rather? <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather? Okay. So, I would say... Hmm, this is a tough one. I would say Allison Southwick right now. Yes! Because she is hosting a podcast, and Robert Brokamp is the co-host, but you're not, not the host really. guy. You're like the co-host guy. So, I'm, I'm going with the host. Yes! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woo! I'd, I'd probably go with that, too, actually. <laughs> but I do like you both very much. We like you, too. Uh-huh, right. Aw, Steve, thank you so much well, for coming. Well, thank you. It is an honor to be here. This was fantastic thank to have you. Thank you so much. I hope I added some value. Yeah. And do, yeah, you know, and the main piece of advice is just, you know, don't listen to me. Don't listen to anybody. <laughs> don't, seriously, don't listen to anybody. Do your own homework, do your own research. Don't invest in anything you're not comfortable with. There you go. Words to live by. From the man behind the glass, Steve Broido. Thank you again for joining us. That's going to do it for today, folks. Uh, the show is edited... Bondingly, is that even a word? By Rick Engdahl. And our email is answers at fool.com. If you are on Facebook, don't forget to go and check out our new private group that we have. Um, did you you didn't know about this, Brian? That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of hippies hanging out in your private room. <laughs> no, it's a close sorry, it's called a closed group. So if you're on Facebook, head on over and search for Motley Fool Podcasts, I believe is the name of the group. You have to ask to be um, let in, and um, you ask to be invited, and someone here at The Motley Fool lets you in, and then you're in, and you're part of our group, and we can all talk about money and investing and bonds or whatever. Sign me up. I'll be there. Are you on Facebook? Uh, Yeah. Big time. Are we Facebook friends? Yeah. I see pictures of your kids all the time. Okay. Yeah, we're friends. Yeah, we are, we are friends. We are friends. We are friends. Yep. Okay, so yes, you need to head on over there and join the group, and because I'm sure people will love chatting with you on the Facebook. Yeah, afterwards. I love you. Sounds like fun. Okay, cool. All right, everyone, go to Facebook. Also, our email is answers at fool.com. And um, so feel free to drop us a line. And for Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody. Bye.